Okay. Um, Trip and Shelly here uh, chatting about one of the easiest verses, a set of verses in the Bible about, you know, women submitting to men and men loving their wives like Christ uh, loved the church. So I think it's a pretty easy topic. What do you think, Shelly? Yeah, we, we tend to hit the easy ones. Yeah, right. I mean, might as well, you know, we don't, we don't want to be arrogant and think we can answer all the problems, but the easy ones we're, we're good at. Yeah. Um, so I guess one of my questions for, for you is what is like, what is your gut reaction whenever you hear that verse? Like, what does it mean? Like, what's, what's the takeaway that you have from that verse? Um, yeah, my gut reaction has kind of changed over the years. Um, first of all, I think growing up in the cultural South and then moving to France and then moving to West Africa and viewing marriages in all three of those contexts mm -hmm. um, to where now at this point, I find it to be something that it's, it's more of a lifestyle and an attitude to be worked out like between a man and a, and, a, and a wife, like between them. So I'm a lot more hesitant to draw like hard and fast lines. Yeah. What is, I mean, so, you know, I, I know, especially in, in America and, um, you know, the, the, the wives should submit to their husbands is like a, is, is like kind of like a visceral reaction. You can almost like feel the tension whenever, that verse is brought up and and so we were talking about before from my perspective we can go one of two ways with this and i think or we can go three ways um but you know there on the one hand on one end of the pendulum we can say well that was just a product of the time um and you know it, it you know it doesn't mean anything and the other hand we can read um it and say oh no it means exactly what you think it means um and I think that we like, you know, I, I feel like we're, we're all kind of pulled to choose one of those two binaries. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and to me that that's an unacceptable position. It, we can't say that it's, we can't say that it, um, that my gut visceral reaction upon reading that verse means that I understand it fully what it means to do that because there's a lot of things I don't understand. And it also was written 2000 years ago and there's a whole cultural context around it. That's kind of like, okay, fine. At the others, on the other hand, we can't say, okay, well, because there's a cultural concept, you know, context in which this was written and that kind of thing. Um, therefore I can just ignore it. Right. It, it doesn't mean anything at all. And so both of those I, I think are, are non-starters, at least for me. Um, but you can, you can almost feel it right. Whenever you, yeah. you, yeah. you like, Oh yeah. I, I love your wife. Like Christ loved the church sounds really nice. Right. That one, everyone. Okay. I'll say this, that one, everyone is way too comfortable with from my perspective. And I, I think that like, everyone's like, Oh, that sound, you know, whatever, like no one really understands what that means. And, or we like just kind of, ignore what actually is being men are being called to there um and so we all come kind of like yeah sure of course like love your life like christ loved the church because 
be like Jesus. That's fine. Yeah. Um, but the, the wife submit to your husbands um, is the one that we all just like cringe about. Um, yeah. And so for your perspective, do you feel that? Does a, does a part of you kind of like not yeah, like the, so. is it the language or like what the is language. it? The language. Like? Yeah. like, you know, that's what I do in West Africa. It's part of my job is um, picking words for the Bible translation. Okay. Going around, um, I'm not the exegete. I don't know the original languages, but part of my job is uh, testing, testing the language with the community. Mm. So then when you come back and you realize that we're using this word, but the, the picture we want the people to have in their head of when we use this word, they are not picturing that. They are picturing something different. And I like, I really believe that like when men and women say this word submission, they're like two different pictures in their heads. Mm -hmm. So I mean, I feel like actually, actually, I don't even know if that's true. I, I do know that like the picture that I think that is that gets into people's head isn't what I think is being described in the scripture. Sure, sure. But, some, but sometimes I think that guys kind of do get that picture Maybe, in their head. Know. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but yeah, I um, well, I think I think the most productive way to have the conversation like if you're dating someone or you're married to someone would really be to start out with like, so what do you, do you picture when this word submission is used and kind of take it from there? Because I don't know, I guess I'm making the assumption, but I do think that more often than not, the woman will probably describe something. The man's like, no, that's not at all what I mean. Hmm. And you could, and you could skip some of this miscommunication from the get go. Yeah. Um, I kind of so, like it. So what do you think, what do you think of women, like how would, like, it, like if you had to guess what the average, even Christian woman would describe submission looking like, what would that be? Like what, what, you know, in your experience, what, what comes to mind? I mean, I think it's really, really dependent on upbringing and your parentage and your grandparents and what, what, what males you had in your life. I had a great, I have a great dad. But still, the uh, the picture of him like a man saying like, submit, in my head like I don't even know where I got this, but it's like a guy in a wife beater in a trailer with a beer. <laughs> like I don't know where I even like got that, but that's what comes to mind. And um, like I can't help it. Like that's what comes to mind when I when the submission thing. But um, that doesn't mean I'm anti-submission. It just means that I recognize that there's a problem with the language and there's a problem with the way we talk about it sometimes. Yeah. What, what do you think that the right, if we could come up with a better term that would promote the, you know, a better image, what would that look like to you? I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, um, Well, it's just thinking about the other ways we use the word submit. Like I submit a paper to be graded. Um, other places in the Bible we use it. Um, slaves submit to your masters. Uh, don't we talk about submit to one another in love? Yeah. Like not even men and women, just like Christian community. Um, I don't know. It's it. I mean, this is. I was thinking about this when you said you wanted to chat about it. Like the ways we use the word submit. And maybe it's not that we need to change the word, it's just that we need to do a lot more nuanced, deep conversation about it. And part of my thing is, um, I don't know how helpful it is to have the conversations outside a couple. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not sure, do you think, I mean, you, you've grown up in the church, you've heard like pastors talk about it. 
has yeah, its but it's so shallow it's it's like it's very you know it's very superficial right um and, and it, it kind of could it almost encourages just kind of like the first thing that comes into your mind whenever we do it i think that you could have better conversations around it um but one of the things that i i think from my perspective what we need to do is i always say this to people that like i have my political beliefs just like everyone else okay um, but if I, um, if I think that Jesus would be a hundred percent in line with all of my political beliefs, right? Like all the things that I believe and he would come here and pat me on the back and be like, yeah, you're on the right team or whatever it is. If I think that, then, um, I'm not, I don't know what Bible you're reading actually. Um, like Jesus should make you very uncomfortable in what he's calling you to do. And so I think that what we do with things like this is that we go overboard on either watering down and trying to take away the discomfort of what it is that you're being called to do, mm -hmm. or, um, or we just say, you're, you're wrong for being uncomfortable um, with this, right? And, and neither is true. Like, you know, Jesus, like some people were called to death, right, for following Jesus. Yeah. No one is saying that they should be comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. No one is saying that like that is but but like you're called to do things that are uncomfortable, that are scary, that are you know, and so I don't want to water I guess that's my my thing with the submission is that sometimes I think that we we try to water it down and be like, Oh, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means something right. like way different that's no, way easier. That's not my stance. That's not my I know, stance. I know that's not your stance. It's just, a, a, that's it where, I, I agree. I don't think it's the, it's the greatest word and I don't have a great word for it um, because there's so many ways that we use the term submit um, that we, we equivocate and we invite imagination and that kind of stuff. Um, at the same time, um, if you're totally comfortable with what Jesus is calling you to do, then you're not, you're not paying attention to what Jesus is calling you to do. Mm -hmm. um and, and same thing and this is I, I alluded this earlier it's the same thing with saying like you you love your wife like christ loved the church that should make you deeply uncomfortable there as a was husband. a lot it's a very sacrificial like, love seriously and 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 even when you're being rejected and even when it, you're like not being submitted to or unfairly criticized or unfairly treated or whatever it is that in a marriage that you might have insecurities about and that kind of thing like you're called to sacrifice yourself for this other person even though they're doing all of these things that's what that means that should be super scary right that should be like that's the standard that I'm called to. Um, that's terrifying. I, I don't want to do that. Um, and, and if you think that you do want to do that, then you don't understand what it means. And so like, it, I think that the mirror image of that is the submission where you're called to do something and yeah, it might be really painful to do it. And so what I don't like sometimes is I feel like we, in, in our eagerness to Get people to wrap their head around these concepts we we kind of we water them down and and we make we make what we're actually called to be and this is a broader problem we make what it means to be a christian to seem way easier than it actually is agree <laughs> agree i mean that's where i was thinking about it this morning before we talked and it's like my stance on submission at this point is like 
I believe, help my unbelief, basically. Like, yes, uh, yes, I love that. It's, my, it's one of my favorite verses. I believe, help my unbelief, yes. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, because it's, it's, a, it's a faith thing. Um, I remember I was pretty, like, confused, frustrated, irritated about this whole topic two or three years ago when I came home. And I got home, and um, it was like graduation Sunday at church. These these issues kind of overlap, and, are, and so it's not exactly the same issue, but it kind of is. Uh, these, like, four 18-year-old boys were the pastors at church. Like, it was graduation Sunday, so they got to preach. And I'm just sitting in the church, and I'm like, so these, like, 18-year-old kids can preach, but... I, who you sent over to Africa to preach to people, cannot preach. And like, I don't even want to preach. It was like a pride issue. I know that. But um, I talked to my pastor later about it. And um, I don't know. I feel like he didn't give me an awesome answer. Uh, he was just like, you know, I think that you'll never get to heaven and God will say that you submitted too much. And I was like, well, I don't know. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, I also wonder whether or not 18 year olds should be preaching, but that's a whole different, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, I think that that's, um, yeah, no, I think that that's, that is part of the struggle, right? Is that we're, a lot of times we're called to do something that ostensibly doesn't make a whole lot of sense, right? You know, why can, like some women do have the gift of teaching. Right. And, and why is it that I'm called to this role versus that role or whatever? And the, the only thing I can say is, I, I don't know, looked at like if we, if we look at Jesus, Jesus being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped and like ask the father to be relieved of like the burden that was placed on him, but also submitted. And so it wasn't like a, you know, and that's where the complementarian be like, listen, this, this is not like a better or worse or anything else. It's just like the role that you were called to play in God's orchestra <laughs> in a way. And that's that's what you're doing. But but honestly, like no matter what role you're called to play, it's painful to do if you're really doing it. Um, and that's that's where I feel like we we overemphasize we overemphasize the um, submission um, thing, um, I think, because, and then we underemphasize the um, the male side and the male calling in that relationship. And I agree, like what that looks like in the relationship is very individual. It's not like universal thing of what this looks like. Um, but to me, it seems like we, by doing that, then we, we try and water down what the roles mean and we, we make them so that they don't mean anything at all. And so then we, we end up like just eliminating the categories, which isn't helpful. Um, and we don't learn because actually in, in fulfilling like unique harm, like unique hard roles, um, we learn that's, that's part of how we get sanctified, I feel like. And so I feel like sometimes God's just like setting up like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to put you in this place and it's to, it's for your own sake, even though it's not going to feel good, you know? Um, so, but I, I know, I guess for, for women, especially like the submission 
especially because men are like physically bigger and that kind of stuff like that that can be a scary thing and so I, I was wondering what you thought about that like is that that playing a role obviously that you need to trust this person yeah um yeah and I mean I think as you know we talk a little bit about on discord about this as women have had like less of a need for men as far as economic independence um that's been that's like a loosening factor of marriage in general but then also the the, phys the physical aspect and just i think um so i mean i i work and live on a team in west africa so i'm not married but i'm still part of a team and i have to depend on these people we make we have to make decisions together and i mean for me this is like we could easily just boil this issue down to decision making so again like you know couples who have different bank accounts and are doing lives differently like they don't they're already like not making these decisions together but right. if you are going to marry someone then you really just need to know what their decision making grid looks like and um i guess what scares me about it is like i've been making my own decisions for a long time um if i did the submission thing as i understand it you know that's not going to be my I'm not going to get to do that anymore. Um, what does making decisions look like to you? Like just having veto, like I can make it and I have no, I guess that's that when, when people say that, like, I, you know, I'm not going to be able to make my own decision. It's just like having no one else no, to answer to. No, or? that's not, I, I like Tim Keller talks about this. Um, he's like, ultimately at the end of the day, like you want to do A and I want to do B. At some point, one of them yeah. has to prevail. And so I guess where I am would be like, I mean, the guy at the end of the day, I guess he's going to get final, but there's going to be a lot of discussion before that point. So no, I don't mean hand everything over. I just mean, I mean, one of you has, you have to choose at the end of the day, somebody has yeah. to. So I, guess I think, I think the thing that like, you know, if you, if you take the submission and then the, you know, um, love your life life like yeah. you know like the christ-like love then it fits together really nicely right because right. you know you like the one person is trying to sacrifice their own desires and, and and that kind of stuff for the other person and the other person is submitting and trusting that person that that's what's being done um the the hard part about the hard part about it is that that's not always the case right is that mm -hmm. you know one, sometimes one person is untrusting and not submitting and even though the other person is trying to be sacrificial and sometimes the other person is not trying to be sacrificial and the other person is thinking oh should i really submit to this this jerk right um and right. so it, be, it becomes transactional which is the thing that i i find really the, the hardest thing is that it can feel very transactional where well, why should I sacrifice for my wife if she doesn't really, you know, fulfill her role? And she's like, well, why should I submit to this guy if he's not sacrificing to me? Um, and so it becomes like, which is, that's, I think that's the problem with the, the way we talk about it is that, yes, even still, even still, you should sacrifice for, you know, you should, you should, like each person should fulfill their role, even if the other person isn't fulfilling theirs. Um, and that's where it becomes hard and scary for people, right? And I don't think that men understand what that one side looks like of the self-sacrificial. Um, but I think that women um, think, 
I, I think on the other end, women understand what it means to submit to a jerk and that's why it scares them. Um, right. And I, mean, I totally get that. Especially if you're like a Christian woman who like takes marriage seriously. Yeah. Like your husband starts to be a jerk and you have no respect for marriage. That's one thing. Yeah. Um, or, you know, there's kids involved now. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. So, but no, I think we're on the same page. I, I mean, I think you're right. Like sacrifice sacrifice compels submission see jesus yeah um the thing is when you're dating someone you you know like mm, hey we're gonna go, to, we're gonna go hiking this weekend like you don't see the like the decision making grid in in process so it's a little bit harder. i guess that's a good point i i never really thought about what is to you like what does in in dating what is submission like what role does submission really play um because obviously the submission is it's wives submit to your husbands, right? So we have this in-between stage where you might not even be engaged or you're dating and that kind of stuff, but to what degree should that still reflect the marriage, right? Because, I right. mean, you are, so like, I just, how do you think about that? What, I mean, or, or how, how do women, I guess, generally think about that? Um, yeah, I don't know, because I think, on both sides, it's kind of like you're trying, I don't know, I, you're trying to see how the other people, the, the other person makes decisions and like what voices are they listening to, what's influencing how they make decisions. Um, it doesn't scare me to marry someone who doesn't always make the right decision because I don't always make the right decisions either. It scares me to marry someone who can't admit when they've made the wrong decision. Hmm. And I think that's probably more important for a woman because again, if you are following the submission model, um, you kind of need that. Yeah. So. How does it enter in when the, it's not like a stubbornness of not admitting the right decision? Because I, I guess this, it starts to get complicated, right? Because you may think that, you know, your husband made the wrong decision and that kind of stuff and he can't admit it, right? And you may be right, you may be wrong. Right. Um, and, and even if you are right, it may not be, be like a stubbornness thing on him. It may be he, he's blind to something, right? And so it's not like a, it's not necessarily like a heart issue. It's more like a sight issue. Um, and, you know, which maybe they're related, but I, I do think it's differently when someone is clearly doing something wrong that they're refusing to admit versus like, they don't really understand what they are doing mm -hmm. and they're doing something wrong. Like, how would you navigate like that um like what i guess you know you're, you're trying to figure out how they make decisions but often your judgments on whether or not they made their decisions like that's also subject to your own sin and your own information and all that kind of stuff i don't sin trip so oh i guess oh that's yeah. good <laughs> i'm talking to the right person then yeah um i don't know it's kind of like a wife question and i'm not a wife but even like in a girl uh but, but that's what you're trying to evaluate, right? Is like yeah. how do they make decisions and that kind of stuff. So, because right. when I think once once you're married, it's like, okay, they made a wrong decision, but now it's like my submission is not. It's like the respect is no longer. The respect should be earned, but like I don't give respect based on, um, what they've done. You give respect because, like, God's law, and like you respect God, thus you respect your husband, even when he's acting like a jerk yeah um the dating part that's i know that's a good question i don't know um yeah 
Yeah, I mean, I'm just thinking, like, I have two sons, and I, I but, like, you know, if I, if I had a daughter, like, what should I, like, what would I tell her, you know, once she started dating about, like, the relationship she, she should have? Like, obviously, he should respect you and, you know, whatever, and okay, fine. Um, but that's what he should do to you. What should you do to him is a question that I don't really, I don't really know. Like, it's, it's, and that's, that's another, like, kind of asymmetry I find in the conversation, because it's easy yeah. to say, it's easy to tell a guy, um, listen, your girlfriend, treat her like Christ treated the church. Sure. Right. It's kind of like yeah. a generic thing that you can always like tell a guy and how he should treat a girl. Okay, fine. Um, but the other way around, it's not, it's not quite symmetrical. Right. Um, and so that's, that's the part that also I feel like encourages the transactional nature of how we look at this because um, it seems it seems conditional, right? At least like it, it could seem conditional. And that's where it, it's a little bit, it's a little bit strange to me. And I'm not, I'm not even sure how to quite navigate it. I know. I agree. I remember reading this um, blog thing that was for guys, but I was like curious. So I was reading it and it was like, um, you hang out on discord. So clearly you like <laughs> that's that. True. That's true. <laughs> um, and it was like, so you should, when you're dating a girl, uh, purposely tell her no about things. Maybe she wants to go to this restaurant and you just tell uh, her no. Is it like a it's like men's rights her. activist or something? I don't know. Yeah, it was like test her. See how she responds to uh, her will being thwarted. And I was like, I feel like that's a terrible idea. I, I mean. In uh, general, testing the other person is just <laughs> a bad idea. That's not <laughs> Um, but no, I think that is a good question about how, how a woman's supposed to do that. Like how is, that's supposed to be modeled before, before marriage. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, and how is a guy supposed to make a decision, right? right. In some ways, like, you know, if it, it, it seems, again, it just seems asymmetrical and I don't know what advice to give people, but it, it does seem like we, we over index on how hard and uh, submission is and women are not called to do it except in a marriage on the other end we kind of say well but treating her like Christ love treated the church that's easy and like don't worry about that that's that's nice and and do that all the time by the way um and right. that's where you're like uh, but I don't I don't know like it that's that seems it the other side is hard and I think we were not understanding what exactly we're being called to. And we're a little bit, we're way too flippant about it. Um, and yeah. I did. I had a, I had an analogy. I forgot to make it earlier. My sister brought it up this morning. I was like, oh, that's good. Cause I was telling her I was going to talk to you. Um, she said, just this submission word, as we were talking about, it's a very hot button word. And she's like, I can only liken it to maybe you're dating someone, you're dating a girl, you're a guy and you're dating a girl who says, um, I just want to marry someone who's going to take care of me. I'm like date number one or date number two. Like, mm -hmm. are there alarm bells ringing in your head right now? Yeah. Um, even if you know, maybe like, even if you know her and you know, she just means she just wants to have kids and she wants to be some, like, it's not a bad thing, but like there are alarm bells ringing in your head. I, that's that's how I would compare it to um, 
I'm a compliment. Yeah, because there's all kinds of, yeah, exactly. No, I think that's a good analogy because there's all kinds of like imagined things that could go along with that just take care of me thing um, that would make you wonder like, am am I really going to be able to take care of you in the way that you're imagining that I am you know is it like is this a transactional relationship you're thinking of like closets full of shoes and she's just thinking of I want to stay home with my kids right and and I get that and depending on the girl it it may scare me more or less um whether or not I heard that from her um but it's um but yeah because you could have all these imagined things about what that means coming from the other person um and not just I just want to be take care of them like forget just the money and shoes and that kind of stuff. Just like you expected to be constantly doted upon. Um, Mm -hmm. Right. Like just like constantly paid attention to and that kind of stuff. Like, is that going to be like the nature of our relationship? Um, And you like, you sit down in a a hammock and I'm just like waving a palm branch. And I go, is that what it is? I don't know. Like, I mean, for some people, for sure. (laughs) Well, and that's ironically that palm branch hammock scenario could be, done on the submission imagination in women's heads too. 100%, 100% is that like, I have no responsibilities. You just need to do what I say. Right. And so I think it's, it's a similar, it's probably a similar fear um, Mm -hmm. that it's, it's all about you. And it's not like me is not, is not part of this. You know, I I become a subordinate member of this, right. Uh, Of this relationship as opposed to one flesh. and so I think that that's, so it makes sense to me why it would be scary, especially, you know, I mean, especially again, like given the like physical differences and, and all this kind of things. Um, and especially like you, you throw in children, right? Because, you know, then you have children and, you know, the, the economic consequences of that. And now you're more dependent on the guy and, and that kind of stuff. So then the idea of submission becomes like harder, right? Even still, because now I, it's not like I can just get up and, and necessarily leave. Although we're, I mean, the economics are changing. So that's becoming more possible, but it's, it's still like scary. So I get it. Um, I just think that we're, I, I just feel like when we talk about it, we're just like, oh, it doesn't mean what you think it means. It means something else. And you're like, no, it actually kind of does mean <laughs> in some ways what you think it means and what you're scared that it means. Um, my point is usually just like, you should, guys, you should be really scared about what you're being told to do too. Um, like that should scare the shit out of you. Um, <laughs> and if it doesn't, then you don't get it. And um I feel like we focus so much on yeah wives be submissive and we don't focus as much on the guy's part in it um or we trivialize it as if that doesn't mean as if it means it's just like oh you just need to be nice to your wife or something Mm -hmm. and you're like oh no 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 that's that's self-sacrificial that's like you know being Christ mean like he went to the cross for you that's what happened that was painful that stressed him out he was being rejected all along the way even though he had the best of intentions and loved the people that he was doing and that kind of stuff that's what you're called to um so if anything like that's just as that should be just as scary to us as the idea of being of submitting to someone who's a tyrant that is scary but the other side's really scary too right yeah being married to a shrew 
Yeah, well, not even just a, not even like a shrew or someone like is like trying to do it, but like we all bring prob we only bring like insecurities to a marriage that will never be fulfilled by the other person. Um, and so, but you're called to, even though you're going to be sinned against, and even though like that person's never going to fill some of those things, um, a they weren't really meant to, um, but. Be like you're called to be sacrificial even in the face of that, and that should really scare you because that 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 does look like submission, but it's submission to God, mm-hmm. um, and and so it, like it's submission both ways around it, and I think that we we lose that picture because we just think oh just you know be super nice, and you're like that. G- Listen, Jesus wasn't super nice. That's not how we should describe him. That's like, I hate that picture of him. Um, Jesus was harsh and he was, you know, a lot of things and he was self-sacrificial and took on an ultimate, like ultimate pain, like sweating tear, you know, sweating blood pain for us. That's what you're called to do as a husband. Okay. And then that makes, yeah, submission much easier. Right. And then, it, but, <laughs> and then, it, and then the problem is that then sin enters the equation on both sides and it becomes transactional where you'll submit if I do this, but if I'm doing this and you're not submitting, then all of a sudden I'm going to be pissed off and I'll be like, well, screw this. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to be self-sacrificial, but even when like you're called on both sides to do it. And so like, I actually think that women should be scared of the submission calling um, and we shouldn't downplay it. We shouldn't downplay it. I, I think that it, it is something super serious. Um, I think that we should be playing up the other side of the equation and be like, guys, you're not scared enough about what it is that you're being called to. Um, and anyway, that, that's just kind of what I'm thinking about with this and why I think it's a, it's an interesting conversation and, and what do you tell people like before they get married, I mean, once people are married, right. it's a different conversation, but before yeah. they get married, like, what would you tell your kids? Um, yeah. Like, what would you tell you? I mean, I don't know. Like, what am I going to tell my boys? I don't, uh, yeah. Well, you're, like you said, I feel like it is more straightforward for like telling boys and telling young men, like you're a protector, you're a provider, da, da, da. for girls. Um, walking that line of like submissive and um doormat is a lot i feel like it's harder um see i I, the only reason i think it is easier to tell guys but it's because we're not telling guys the truth that's why i think it's easier um i think that we're we're telling guy we're telling boys like yes do this and you know whatever uh but we're not really being honest with them about what that entails um and so i it's almost like it, you you almost uh, so that's what i'm saying is like should we scare guys more <laughs> like is that is that a good thing i don't know um but at, at some point i i don't think that we're setting guys up for success either in dating or being engaged or being married because we're not being honest about what it is that they're called to do um we we can trivialize it and right. i don't think that makes sense. I don't, well, it, it reminds me of the conversation that's been had uh, on Discord and PBK's talked about how like the evangelical community is losing men because there is no, like men have to have something to step up to in order to step up. Um, and so there's no like work involved in like, not. I mean, I'm making a general generalization, but um, 
there's less work involved in like to enter an evangelical church. Yeah. You're in and your spiritual growth is kind of on you now. Whereas, you know, the Orthodox church, the Catholic church, there's, there's a little bit more um, stuff on the front end to go yeah. through. There's hurdles. Yeah. There's hurdles in your way that you have to clear before you can like achieve the status. Right. So, I mean, yeah, same, you can take that application and, and move it to marriage, I, I guess, in that, in that sense, like give the challenge and they'll probably accept the challenge, but the cha- but if the challenge isn't there, they're not going to take it on. Right. Or, or they're going to think there's something wrong whenever they get into the marriage. Like the challenge is going to show up, right? <laughs> you, you, there's no two ways around that. And so what they're going to do is get, I feel like often they're going to get into the marriage and just feel like the, there's something wrong with the marriage, right? There's something wrong with this girl or whatever. And then they become little tyrants because they're, you know, they, they had bad expectations and they just think, oh, a different marriage, a different girl or whatever is going to make me happy. Um, and, and then I won't, I won't feel this way or I won't do it. But, um, but yeah, I think that, I think guys would step up if we talk to them about that. I don't, I don't know necessarily that depending on how you did it, you know, we don't want to scare guys away from marriage or anything, but it, because they need it. Um, but I don't think we're doing any, I don't think we're doing the women any favors or the guys any favors by pretending it's going to be easier than it is. Um, and I think that we, like, I almost, I, I guess, and I think that we overemphasize one part of the equation. Um, and we should emphasize just how hard it is to pick up your cross um, in this way in a marriage um, for, for guys. And that's not to give them excuses. That's to sober them up. Right. And so to go in with their eyes wide open so that like when it happens, it's not like a blindsiding, um, you know, just disillusionment um, where they just kind of check out because now it's not my responsibility to keep going with this. Um, And I also don't think that we do women any favors by telling them that submission means something less than what it does either. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah I, I feel like we've ragged on guys a lot. Let's, uh, I'll do a little thing. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. I just feel like, um, I think some things that women find confusing in American context is, you know, we've grown up, especially, uh, less me, I feel like, maybe it just depends on your parents. Um, but you grow up with this, you know, you can get any job you want. You can be the same as boys. It's all about, um, you know, be smart, be brave. Uh, it's not about gender. And then actually in this, in this regard, it is, it's completely gender-based roles. And so to, to like flip, to flip mindsets where at work, at the workplace, I expect to be treated equally as my male colleague. And then I get home and things are not equal. They are, they're different. Yeah. Um, They're not the same. Uh, I think that's hard and that, that has to be addressed in some way too. Um, And I'll like, I'll admit to some confusion. I've been doing, you know, following Jordan Peterson, he talks about contending with your spouse. And sometimes I'm like, okay, so well, first of all, I will just acknowledge as we both know that Jordan Peterson is in fact not a preacher preaching the word of God. (laughs) But I mean, a lot of his precepts, you know, I'm in line with. Um, But this whole like contending thing, I'm like, okay, so I can contend with my husband, but I'm also submitting like how, like, how is it a real contention if I know I'm going to lose at the end? Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> which goes back to like I, I'll take the Bible over Jordan Peterson as wise as I do think he is. Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, that's an interesting point. I think it's interesting though because you know even in in a situation where there's a clear like proper like relationship and orientation toward the two people we sometimes do find in the bible um things that kind of reverse that and aren't necessarily punished um so like you know jacob was renamed israel as he who contends with god right mm -hmm. and so um you know not obviously husband and wife are not are, are not god creature but it, it is like obviously a like there's a proper orientation for these two right um and in in the same way for a husband and a wife and so it is interesting that you know jacob wrestled with or he wrestled with god i think is the the, the exact is the translation um like he wrestled like it kind of like fought god or something and like demanded to be blessed or whatever um and so I do think it's interesting that I, I, I don't necessarily hate the term contend because, you know, Abraham negotiated with God about, you know, Sodom and, and that kind of stuff. And so I do think that there's, you know, sometimes there, there can be like a proper, you know, contending with the thing that's ultimately going to the pro contending with the thing that whose like decision is properly, you know, resting with. Um, for your own um in your own interests and and concerns and that kind of stuff so i don't i don't necessarily hate that term of contending with your spouse because we are contending in various ways you know like based on our backgrounds and and that kind of stuff we're gonna have sarah mentioned this in in the the emotional manipulation conversation that we had that like sometimes it's just like their values like their value hierarchy is, is slightly different than yours and so like we're contending with each other about which is the proper one to apply in this situation so i don't i don't hate that i think there's a way of contending and even with my kids right like my kid i don't actually like i don't want my kid to talk there's a way of talking back and arguing with me that my four-year-old is will do that's not okay there's another way of them like contending with me that is actually probably okay um and like so it's 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 one of those things where just because just because one person needs to have kind of the general posture of submission doesn't mean that contention is necessarily um wrong i don't think um i think a lot of times it's the motivation right like what are you yeah. like are you are you trying to contend with me like out of rebellion is in fact, contentious wife is in fact a bad thing yes exactly and so like <laughs> you know are you doing it out of a motivation to to not submit or are you doing it out of a motivation to like let me know of something that you care about that i'm not taking into consideration whenever you know you know when i'm trying to figure out what what i think is the right thing to do and those are very different obviously um in the same way that a husband not knowing what his wife needs um, and making a decision that harms her is very different than him knowing what a wife needs and making a decision uh, that harms her. Um, and so I think I, sometimes it's just the motivation, I feel like. Like I don't, I don't have a problem with Jordan Peterson saying contending, um, but contentious, yeah, that's not a good thing. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think what you said, I mean, 
grace plays such a huge role too. Like when I get married, I know that my husband won't love me like Christ loved the church all the time. And I like, I'm going in with that expectation and it would be nice if he would go in with the expectation that I won't get the submission thing right all the time. Like doesn't mean, yeah, grace. It's part of the package. Right. And and if, and if you both like have that, if you both have that attitude that like, I know she's not going to always, you know, be like, you know, the the wife that she should be. And I'm not going to be the kind of husband. I need to have grace for that. And, and I still need to try and fulfill my side of the bargain, not as a response. This is where I think people get it really wrong. And, and I get it wrong sometimes um, or a lot of times or all the time is that I feel like I, my part of the bargain is only applicable so long as the other person is holding up their end of it. And so then it becomes like, a, I'll, I'll be Christ-like if you do this. Um, and so if you both come in with a grace that the other person won't get it right all the time, and yet you are still called to this, even when they don't, even when they don't repeatedly, you're still called to this. Um, then I think that's the proper thing, which is why it should scare everyone, right? Because right. like that's that's going to be hard. Like both sides, that's going to be really hard. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're right. Like scare everyone, make everyone reverent. How's it about we say that? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, I not scare people right. away. Just like respectful and reverent of this situation. Yeah. No, I think that's right. It's kind of like you know in the. In the Old Testament, the, the, the priest that would, you know, once a year on, on the Day of Atonement would go into the Holy of Holies, right, and would tie, they would put, like, bells around, like, the, the robe so that the people outside of the Holy of Holies, outside the curtain, could hear them walking around and would actually have a rope tied to the guy's foot in case God struck them dead. Right. And it's that kind of reverence that I think that we should, we're missing here where we just take it way too lightly and we under, we don't understand what we're walking into. Right. And so the bells, you know, were that in some ways they were, you know, to, they were to let the people outside know, is this guy still moving? Um, did God strike him dead? But then sometimes it was, it, it also serves as a reminder to them and to the person walking into the high priest like this is a really serious thing that you're walking into this is not something to be taken lightly this is something that's really really important um and and you have responsibilities and god's going to hold you accountable for your responsibilities and there's judgment on the other end of this um and i think that that's i think that that's a missing message in christian in the christian church when it comes to marriage we trivialize it by just talking about okay don't have sex before marriage or whatever like there's a couple rules that we're really judgmental about but then like after that we're just kind of like eh, like you know it's fine just just don't do that and and you're good and wives submit obviously and be like jesus and we just kind of like really trivialize it and you're like no this is man i promise you trying to tr- like love your wife like christ loved the church is harder than not having sex before marriage by a long shot and yet we're so preoccupied with the with the latter and we don't talk about the former um or we talk about it way too lightly right well and the former lasts a lot longer too it does it's forever right hopefully yeah i mean you know it, it lasts forever and that's that's 
So, yeah. So I guess, how would you talk about it to like, like if you had like high school girls or college age girls and that kind of stuff, like how would you talk about submission to them in a way that like, what is there, is there another word or set of words or caveats that you would put around it to not trivialize it, but also not conjure up some of the things yeah. that. Well, first of all, I'd probably go, especially with high school and college girls, but anyone, um, we talked about this a little bit in our, in our direct messaging at one point, um, just the selection process. Mm. If you pick a right caliber of man, like submission will be easier anyway. Um, so I go with that first, like be a lot more picky, be a lot more choosy. And that's like giving you a head start to begin with. Mm. And then, yeah, it's, I'm still a little stuck on this. How do you model submission outside of a marriage? Right. In a, in a non-weird way. I, you know, like you could be a weird girl and like, wherever you want to go all the time, <laughs> like while you're dating and you could do that. Um, and maybe, I don't know, I'm not a guy, maybe that's good, but it just, it, um, I don't think that's what guys want. Like, it's kind of weird. I don't know. That's not like, even, yeah. If you want to marry a robot, like, I think that's a thing now. You can do that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't well, know. And that's, that's, that is the thing. And so uh, this is something I talked about a little bit in the m emotional manipulation. I, it might have been after we stopped recording, but I just like, watched I'm, that. Oh, good. I, I hope it was. I hope I, yeah, I ramble. Um, and so, like, one thing about me is that I'm I am a physical affection person with people I'm close with, right? And so with people I'm not close with, like I don't like massages because I don't like to be touched. I don't like crowds. I don't like I want space and that kind of stuff because it's actually a very intimate thing for me. And so, you know, with people I'm close with though, I am a physical affection person. Um my wife is very much not a physical affection person and it like it hurts my feelings sometimes and so what i find is that you know um like if i ask her like will you hold my hand and then she does it doesn't mean as much as if she just grabs my hand right knowing that i because that i know she doesn't like really care about this or it doesn't like mean as much to her but i know that then she's thinking about me and she cares about me and she's doing it so you don't want a robot to just do whatever you ask when you ask it because what it means is that that person is not they're not like free to respond or not respond to you in love and so when they do respond if, even if it's a hundred percent of the time it doesn't mean anything to you um so like i don't think guys want that or if they think they want it i don't think that's really what they want uh is a girl to just go along with whatever it is that um that they so i certainly wouldn't advise that not for not for the guy or the girl that that's not a, a good attitude to have i don't even know what the biblical mandate is on modeling submission um before marriage right like what like how What's do you that do that about dating right yes exactly well there there's chapters on arranged marriages but not so much dating um which probably why we're missing them um but yeah, I don't know. Like, it, it, I don't know how to model that. But in other ways, you would say, yes, you want to model some of the behaviors that you're going to have in marriage when you're dating so that 
and do it honestly so that everyone knows what they're getting into. Um, but you don't like with submission, it's hard. How do you like, at what point do you start submitting to the person that you're dating? Yeah. Right. Like yeah. certainly, certainly when you become like a fiance, I would say like, yeah, you really need to start modeling that and, and see how it works out. Um, but like first date, second date, fifth date, I don't like, yeah. And I don't, and I don't actually even blame guys for being like, I feel like guys put out feelers to me way too early, but I understand like I'm all about like realistic expectations and like knowing what you're getting into. I get that. But, um, it's hard. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of well, yeah. And, and also like, as you know, guys get, guys get led on a lot too and so you have like you have kind of like this fear that am i just like wasting am i wasting my time with with the you know even christian guys like i don't i don't like a christian guy is like yeah i'm you know i keep uh, i i know some guys that i i i know are getting just kind of fleeced by girls like just getting free dinners and that kind of thing and, and, and those kind of, and so like they're just being taken advantage of and, and the girl has no intention really of, um, and so I, I get why guys want to like, they feel like they need to like, I need to test the waters now. Like, what, yeah, what kind of girl is this? Is she serious and, and that kind of stuff? I, I get it. Um, it's probably not um, productive, but um, I get why they do it because it's, I mean, guys are as scared as girls are just like in different ways. And so like guys are worried about, yeah, just wasting my time and being constant friend zone guy. Um, I don't know. It, and and I, I see guys like that. I'm like, dude, she's, she's just not that into you. Just like find someone else. It's fine. I mean, I guess it kind of goes back to like what kind of person you're dating. If you're not, if you're scared to have this conversation, then maybe that's a bad sign um but I, I don't you know and i don't know how early you need to have it but maybe yeah just, you don't want to like order the appetizers right really. what do you think about submission huh <laughs> i was on a don't laugh trip i was on a missionary dating a dating site for missionaries I, i'm amazed that that actually exists that's yes. that's all and logistically it makes sense like it does make sense it makes total sense but it's just amazing to me that there's like this whole niche like of the internet yeah, that yeah. i can be completely unaware of um well anyway we don't have to talk about this site. because i'm mean, it makes sense like if if like you want to regularly go back to some mission field or something like that as part of like your life and you do still want to get married right. like it's going to be really important to find someone who doesn't want to have the white picket fence in, you know, yeah. in Kansas. Right. Yeah. But. Um, so on this site, anyway, we don't, um, there'll be guys who it's like, you know, you have like, I don't know, three lines or something to like talk about yourself as like a teaser or whatever. I don't know, like a yeah. little summary of yourself. And they'll be like, it's really important that you know that I'm a complimentarian. And I'm like, in, yeah. in the three lines, too, I need to know that. Too soon, bro. Yeah. Too soon. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. And again, at, at one point I do get it again, expectation, but like, really, I don't need to know, um, that you're funny or like that. I don't know. It's just, it's hard. It's hard. I get it. It's hard for guys. It's hard for girls. And I don't know how many ways there are that it's not going to be awkward, but I mean, 
I think that that's also, it's not even just the complementarian thing. It's more like I'm, I'm putting up front, um, how to say it. It's, I think it's, it's really off-putting to put up front um, criteria on the other person as to whether or not they would be um, like uh, obligations, like obligations that we're putting up front on the other person. And so like it, it would be, and, and that could be more than just the complimentary and submission thing. Um, some of them I think are fair and don't really scare people off. Like I think that, oh yeah, I want to marry a Christian, right? I don't think that most people like that doesn't strike them that way, but like, you know, I want to, I want a guy with a six pack or something like that. Right. Like it, it's very off putting to be like, oh, like you were, <laughs> because again, like this is like, yeah, it, it's just, you're, you're putting up front obligations and expectations on the other person. Um, and what you mean by complimentary may not mean what I think it means. And so, but you're kind of like, just the way that that would come across is just so, yeah, I agree. That That's like distasteful. I don't understand. Well, and also, um, Sarah said this in y'all's video, like, I mean, the ideal picture of love is the wife taking care of the husband's needs and the husband taking care of the wife's needs. So neither of them are actually striving for their own needs, but their needs are being yeah. met. And I understand, like, we live in a fallen world that doesn't happen, but the way the heart rolls work, as you said, like males need respect and women need to be loved and sacrificed for, like it just works. Um, but yeah. yeah, I understand why men need feel like we need to verbalize it on the front end. But like, if you think about the gospel and the way we're supposed to love each other, we're supposed to be doing it anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Um, and and then also like it's again I'll, I'll go back to that like which side of that equation is the guy thinking about whenever he writes it right is it his um side of what being like a complementarian actually would be like is that what you're advertising that this is the kind of like mutual like self-sacrificial relationship that you're looking for or is it just are you trying to say you just want a girl who's gonna do what you tell her to do um, and, and it's really important that you like, that that's the case and, and whatever. So like it, 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 it's just, yeah, it's not a, and also like just boiling everything down to a single term, like complementarian is just like, it's not helpful. Like we all have different ideas for what that means. Um, yeah. And, and also, even if we didn't have different ideas or definitions for what it means, what it means as applied to two individuals is also important, right? Like there's, it, there's nothing not complementarian around a, a wife handling the family finances, for instance. Like there's nothing not complementarian about that. That's completely compatible and that is fine. Um, if you guys, if it's like a mutual agreement that this is like a better use of her talents and, and interests and, and that kind of stuff, like that can be totally complementary. Um, and so what it actually means for a complementarian marriage to work itself out is like, it's so unique to each couple 
that like just saying up front, well, I'm a complimentarian. You're like, well, you don't even know me. How do you like, what are you talking about? Like, what would that look like for us? It's not a useful thing to throw out there at all. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's, um, I, the other, the only other thing that I would say that, you know, I, I, I do try to spend most of my time bashing the guy side. Um, but the only other thing that I would say that, um, go back to your to your earlier point of like women are expected to essentially be genderless in a lot of aspects of their lives, and then in mar or Christian or in in marriage that it, it becomes like gendered. Um, I do wonder like whether or not that does worry me because I don't think that that's true. Um, that they should be genderless. Like, it's not that they should be treated less than because they're women, but I don't think that it's it's healthy for us to pretend that they are genderless um, in all of these uh, other areas of their lives. Um, and that's where I worry about some of like the kind of like empowerment, like female empowerment stuff and, and that kind of stuff. I, I view that very much as like the mirror image of the men's rights kind of like the rules of power and how to, you know, the pickup artists and that kind of stuff. I see that as like the mirror image of, or men going their own way or anything else like that, where it's like, it's just not, it's not helpful. Um, you're trying to separate, you're either trying to completely separate the gender so that they like, they can't um, interact um, or you're trying to pretend like there's no difference between them. Um, and it's it is hard to it's hard to like live these dual lives where you're expected to behave um, in one way in all the other circumstances and not this way in other circumstances. And so I was just wondering like what's your what's your thoughts on like the roles of like the roles of women outside of the husband wife relationship? Should that be truly genderless or Obviously, it's not like a submission, you know, kind of relationship, but like, how well, does that play out? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like my perspective is a unique one um, in that I work overseas in a culture where I'm like a third gender. Like, I'm not treated mm. like a woman, a West African woman. Um, I'm kind of a, a third gender. So that's what I know, but I, I mean, I don't like it. That's just the way things are. And, and also, um, you live in Seattle, right? I do. So um, you're kind of in like more of a, a hotbed of these type issues. Even when I'm in America, I'm in like Oklahoma, Arkansas. So a little less um, extreme. A lot less extreme, <laughs> yeah. yeah. In some ways. So some of the things you're saying, I'm not even exactly sure what you're referencing. I, I think I know, but um, I do agree. I was kind of, I, yeah, I guess I didn't mean to say that that's the ideal, that women are. No, but it is the reality um, of, of what a lot of women are taught and trying to act out. And I wonder, I wonder if that's one reason why we find it so hard is because that is the expectation. And so it seems like, it seems like we're both, both genders are getting more miserable about the arrangement. It's not, yeah. I don't think it's making either of us happy. For sure. Um, but I, I just did, I, but like what would be the right way like to, to talk about these things? Like I work in engineering and so like, is there a gendered engineer? Like, I mean, 
no, but, but kind of, right? Like, I mean, no, the engineer is not like engineering profession is not like a gendered one and women can do that as much as men and, and, and whatever. Um, but am I, am I supposed to not treat the woman like a woman in the profession? Um, I don't know. Like I, I'm, I'm told no by HR, but I don't know. Like, yeah. is that the right thing? Right. Well, and I think about too, um, women who switch from a career to staying home with kids, it's such a total mindset switch, mindset switch because you're trained to like, don't, you know, don't let that man get that promotion above you just because he's a man and like, make sure all your efforts are, you know, commended by your boss and that you're not a doormat because you're a woman. And then you go be a housewife where none of your efforts are commended by anyone unless your husband is super sensitive and great, which isn't always, you're just folding laundry and like cleaning the house and like feeding children. Like no one is giving you any positive feedback at all. And honestly, I, I mean, even at work, the the like that that attitude of I need to be obsessed with getting the promotion and getting the praise and and all that kind of stuff is is I think really damaging to people because the fact is is that like yeah, I come home and my you know if your wife is is doing laundry and that kind of stuff, it's kind of a thankless job, and you should be sensitive and especially that she like words of affirmation things like that are important to her like you should you should do that for her. but the fact is is that like when I'm at work, it's not like I'm being constantly pat on the back, right It's not like everyone's just like and, and I get in the house and it was like, thank you so much for making money for the mortgage this week and that kind of stuff like right. no one's doing that like everyone feels unappreciated, everyone feels this um and uh so we should be sensitive to it, but I feel like I feel like women are also being made to feel as if they're uniquely singled out for this feeling of inadequacy um and not that's not to invalidate how they're feeling um i don't mean that and it can come across that way and sometimes i do that's not what i mean um i mean that like i think that they have this picture some i think some women at least have this picture that guys are constantly being like that a boy like all the time and you're like that's not really my experience i'm pretty much ignored just like most people so like um, and it, it'll make you miserable though. If you think that that's, if that's your expectation, um, then, um, then you're going to be miserable and you're going to be miserable at your job. You're going to be miserable as a wife. You're going to be miserable as a husband. You're going to be miserable in a marriage. You're going to be miserable if you put those expectations on something. Um, and that's, that's why I think that the wrong expectations to go back to something we were talking about earlier, the, the wrong expectations are being put on guys for what submission and being Christ-like to your wife looks like. Um, and I think the wrong, I think that we're trying to put the wrong expectations on women about what that looks like too. Um, and uh, the end result is everyone's going to be miserable. Um, yeah. Sad. Yeah. And, and it doesn't need to be this way, but, um, I mean, a certain amount of misery is to be expected, but not, not as much maybe, um, any other major topics that you wanted to to chat about or you you think are relevant or like experiences that you have, like how are are things different in West Africa? Yeah. I mean, I, I have like very unique chips on my shoulder, shoulders, but, um, I try to work through them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is, West Africa is a polygamous society, so, Mm. I mean. That's, that's, it's really common, or, um. Yeah. 
if you like, have. I, yeah, I was gonna say, so like, is it most, I, most family units are polygamous or is it, if you it's just like the rich men are polygamous? Well, rich or you just have to prove that you can support the woman. So okay. not necessarily rich and, and in the villages, not rich at all. Just um, more, more common. But so I have, yeah, I mean, a lot of my friends have two wives, three wives is less common, four wives is much less common. You have to be rich to have four wives. Right. Um, all so, the shoes, I'm sure. That's right, all the shoes. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that, this, this, it's the reason that I did, you know, kind of start thinking a lot more about gender roles and how like which ones are culturally bound, which ones are biblically mandated. And and I still do have some problems with that. Like, as I mentioned, just being from the South, sometimes I feel like some of it is cultural bound and it's not biblically mandated. It's funny to me that you say you're from the South, see, because I'm from North Carolina I know, originally. I and, and, and like, I, I don't consider, uh, I don't consider. No, not Oklahoma South. so much. Arkansas, yeah. a little bit more. It's closer. You're getting closer to the South. You're getting closer well, to the right. homeland. No, it's very subjective. It's on a spectrum. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. The Southerners, it's not the South, but some of that cultural, some of those cultural yeah. things are still playing in. Um, so thinking about those things. Um, so about polygamy. So I, I was thinking about this a while ago, um, since we're on this topic. Um, like, why does... Um, like obviously we have Genesis and the the created order and the way things were gonna be. One man, one woman. We okay. Theologically makes sense. Um obviously was not very was not unanimous, like it wasn't, you know, you kind of unanimous that that was the way that you were supposed to live, even in the old testament, right? Like lots of the lots of people who were not like condemned as evil uh in the old testament had multiple wives and concubines and all this kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. Um and so, you know, you get to the, to the New Testament, and so, you know, Paul's kind of, you know, they're laying out the, the qualifications for elders, right? And, um, and it, you know, it makes, a, like, one statement was, must, needs to be the husband of one wife, mm -hmm. right? And that's always struck me as kind of weird, right? Why the husband of one wife? Like, why was that something to throw in there, really? Um, because otherwise it's talking about um, behavioral issues and, and that kind of stuff. And there, there's lots of other things they could have thrown in there, like not a murderer and, and that kind of stuff. Why husband of one wife? Okay. Um, and I think it does get back to, um, like, if, if you have multiple wives um, or multiple spouses, like, the, the your incentive to deal with um your spouse's um feelings and pay attention to them and sacrifice for them changes right if you have multi if i if i have four wives and one of them's not happy with me i got three other ones she'll get over it right and now she's competing for my attention so then everything becomes about me right in a lot of ways like it would be very easy for me to be like she's she's wanting my attention and resources and whatever and so like that can be the the power dynamic between these two people is you are one of many wives i am your only husband kind of thing especially if you throw in laws and social customs and all that kind of stuff to kind of enforce it um and so but like the husband of one wife has to 
like can't do that. It, it's not all about him, right? To now he's got to think about this other person and can't can't easily, at least, um, unless he's very callous, ignore what that is because I don't got another wife, right? And so if, if one of the things that I want is like affection and closeness with with the, um, with my wife, then I can't ignore it. And so it's like a sanctifying process of that. Uh, of forcing you to to enter into that kind of a relationship, and that's where the submission and the Christ likeness really comes and becomes really important because that's the only way you get that kind of sanctification is actually sacrificing yourself on one end and the other person's sacrificing themselves on the other end. Once you enter into a multi-spouse relationship, then that dynamic just doesn't work, right? That, that dynamic can't exist there. And so it's not just that it's not how Adam and Eve were created, is that it's actually like not good for your soul and like makes, it means that you're, you're not going to become a very mature Christian. Um, so long as this is the, or not as mature, you're not like this method of sanctification is not going to be available to you in some way. I didn't know what you think about that. Cause I've never, I've never been to a polygamous society, but that's just what I was thinking about. Yeah. Um, where, did you read, I had a, we had like an, ex, not you and I, but I had an exchange with Sam and some other people on discord about this at one point. I was kind no, of, I don't think uh, I was on that one. Yeah. Uh, so I have a friend who I really respect who, um, Okay, I won't say he's like pro-polygamy, but he looks at it in the same way that um, God views divorce in, in okay. like the West. Like, it is not God's, it is not inside God's will, but it, because of our heart and hearts, it happens. Right. Okay. Um, so I, like, I've actually become a lot, I don't want to say like accepting of polygamy, but I'll say accepting of polygamy in the sense that um, our like our cultural expectations of what marriage is and what a husband is supposed to do for a wife, what a wife is supposed to do for a husband are just different from the get go. And so I live in an Islamic society, so they aren't following biblical mandates for marriage to begin with. Right. Like that's yeah. not, that's not the foundation. So everything you just said, I agree with, but I'm just like, it's not. Yeah, no, I'm not saying that it's, um, I'm not even saying that they're, they're bad. Like people get divorced that aren't, we wouldn't say are bad people or whatever, but like there, but you would say that someone that was like actively engaging in or actively pursuing divorce or gets divorced all the time or whatever, like you wouldn't want them to be an elder in the church because you're like, you're like, yeah. um, and so like with the polygamy thing, it's not that I think that I agree. I think that a lot of times once you take, once you take the like biblical mandates out of it, um, people will fall into what's easiest. Right. And, and what's easiest is often like has practical consequence, like is, is just like practical. So like some men have a lot of money and can afford a lot of wives and like a lot of women might need someone, especially in these like poor countries, they need someone uh, to help support them, especially if they want kids. Um, so it's practical. It's a practical arrangement. Um, and in the same way that like, you know, it's easy and, and sometimes practical to get divorced um and uh that it's not i i'm just saying it it seems to me that like that's one of the missing things and that's why it was a qualification to be an elder um yeah. is because you are missing that element of your own sanctification it is actually the submission and the uh it's that dynamic of proving that you can you can navigate the submission and 
self-sacrifice for your life that is a really important sanctifying um, aspect of of being a Christian. Um, And so, yeah. I totally agree with that. And you articulated it really well. It's something I've thought about living in West Africa for a long time. Like, I really don't think it's, there's nothing but the gospel that can like change at a very deep level the society like the family is a microcosm of society and when you have polygamous marriages you set out there's like jealousy and manipulation at every level um to where you know you're always competing with the brother of your dad's wife um that like competition at every level jealousy between the wives at every level and then that just works itself up you know through the government through the family life through the schools like it's just um i mean even uh, i think even like um levels of like infanticide are way higher in polygamous societies um as well which makes sense like even from an, like an evolutionary perspective <laughs> like um people yeah. will drown other people's babies if you're competing with resources for yours um, and, had, um this is a this is a conversation that uh well especially the men like to have with me a lot like there's a lot okay. of joking i've been you know i get proposed to you on a fairly regularly ba- regular basis um has anyone and, offered you like a donkey or something oh well i said my bride price is 100 cows, oh yeah so. okay 100 cows yeah <laughs> uh, Brittany's like one of these days some rich guy's gonna take you up on that <laughs> <laughs> um, that's my teammate sorry um so okay I, we have this conversation pretty regularly and it's like half in jest half in half serious like you know which whichever way the, the wind is blowing but um you know, I'm just like, we don't even have the same perception of what marriage is and, and what a husband and wife relationship looks like. Right. Um, things are changing with globalization, but I mean, in general, like your husband isn't someone that you actually really like enjoy being around or anything like that. That's not the expectation of getting married. So it's just so like, oh, so, so they're, they're just like living kind of different lives a little bit and they just have yeah. like a, it's a transactional relationship. It's kind of, um, and again, I'm making generalizations and, and I live in a pretty traditional area, but it's like kind of just common, commonly accepted that you generally love your children more than your spouse. Mm. Um, your spouse is for children. So, yeah. um, and there are exceptions, but in general, yeah. that's the case. So, I mean, yeah, watching those those marriage rights and those traditions has made me further think about my own upbringing and again what is cultural what is biblical what am i wrong about yeah yeah no i mean it is interesting um i mean we, we have enough trouble here really understanding what we mean by submission and and that kind of stuff and then you throw in like a a more global perspective even like a global christian perspective i think that you know outside of outside of like the united states and maybe western europe what it means for like submission and the relationship between the husband and wife and some other areas like i mean i don't know ethiopia um will will probably look very different um than what we think it does um which is which is interesting which is you know you do all like and so this is where like i i i'm kind of i am kind of uh i'm sympathetic to the idea that we're being influ- influenced by you know we have to take culture into consideration and that kind of stuff whenever we read some of these verses 
Um, I get that. It just seems to me that the American culture is so individualistic and so just completely like disregarding of created order and that kind of stuff that we, it feels like we're erring on one uh, on the wrong side of it broadly. But then within like a certain sect of the evangelical community, we're almost like reacting on the other side, like almost like just reactionary um, and going so far opposite what the, everyone else is saying that we're like, well, we don't have to go to either of these places. I don't feel like. Keep in the middle of the road. Yeah. Just like, you know, I mean, it, again, like I'll go back to what I said. If, if what you read Jesus's words are the Bible's words, if you read it and you're totally comfortable with what it's calling you to do, um, then you're not really reading the Bible. Um, and so I feel like both, like both sides is, yeah, it should be really uncomfortable for everyone. And what's that? Change preachers. Yeah. Like change preachers or just reflect on yourself. Like to what extent is your own sin influencing what you're wanting this verse to say, um, or these, this book or this chapter or whatever, because if it's not uncomfortable. Then I don't, like, why would it have stuck around? Why would it have meant so, meant so much? And this is one of the things that I did appreciate about Jordan Peterson's biblical series is because, he, you know, not the greatest exegesis of the, of the text and all that kind of stuff. However, what he, he did have a good point that I never thought about. It's like, why these stories? Why did these stories make it here to us, right? And it's because they're deeply meaningful. But if we just trivialize what it's saying and it's not uncomfortable or challenging or anything else, why keep it around, right? There's a lot of, there's a lot of perfectly comfortable, encouraging, like whatever, like letters that I'm sure were written and, you know, uh, rabbis that wrote and prophets who said things and that kind of stuff. They didn't make it to here. Why did these make it this far? Um, and it's because they had something really relevant and eternal to say that that's uncomfortable um, and they should be uncomfortable. And so that's why I like, I, I like to talk to, I like to, I mean, I, I, I tend to like just focus on the guy's perspective and you're like, listen, you're, you're, the submission thing, you, you're probably getting wrong, but you really need to focus on this other side. That's, that's the mirror image of what the woman is being called to. But I like talking to, to women about what submission is because I know it's, I, I feel like the women are getting how scary it is. And that's why it gets talked about so much. And, um, and I, I like that. I want everyone to be scared of this <laughs> because if yeah. you're not scared right. of it, then, then you're not doing. Right. I think that's true. Well, and that's why, like, when when I first joined Discord and I was listening to Jordan Peterson, I was like, he needs to talk to women, too. Like, he's so smart. He's got so many good things to say to women. But now I'm just like, no, um, I think you just keep talking to men. Because it's just like what Jordan Peterson is like, do you want to be married to a, a child or a man? Right. And, like, there's not a woman alive who's like, I want to be married to a child. Like, that, that doesn't right. make sense. So he can, he can keep doing this thing. Yeah. I, I mean, I, and the only the only thing that I wish, I do wish, and this is now I'm going to be critical of, of the female side. Um, and I, I feel like we've been a little lopsided here. It's true. Um, I do feel like the female, the teachings, I don't feel like there's a, a Jordan Peterson version that I know of with yeah. women that I think isn't hugely damaging. Like the ones that I see 
the, like the women, the, like the teachings that I see being re like resonating with women are very much, um, they're not countercultural at all in the ways that Jordan Peterson is for men. And that really worries me. It's almost like it's, it's feel good Oprah nonsense. Um, that's not actually, it's, it's basically trying to water down some of the things like, you know, and encourage, oh, just be yourself, trust your intuition, like, you know, be empowered, like you're strong and powerful and that kind of stuff. And like, like if there's anything that I refuse to go to counseling um, uh, for a long time in our marriage um, and uh, because I didn't think we needed it and it felt like weak to me and that kind of stuff. Um, uh, and, but then when I started going, like I, I realized now, it, it wasn't strong to not admit your weaknesses, right? And to not confront them. And I feel like that's what women are being encouraged to do is, is not to admit the weakness and confront it. Um, it's to deny that they have it and just constantly like whisper in their own ear how strong and powerful they are and how they can do anything and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's just a really kind of toxic, it's not a good message for people because it, it kind of feeds on your own narcissism. Um, it's not, it wouldn't be good for guys to hear that message. It wouldn't be good for girls to hear that message. And um, that's, that's one of the things that I, I'm frustrated about. Like I would love a Jordan Peterson-esque like version that goes to women and challenges them as opposed to um, just gives them empty, empty platitudes um, yeah. that, and I, I, I can't, I, it makes me irritated whenever I hear it. So. Anamik and I talked about this, Jeff and I talked about this and I'm a woman and I still don't exactly know how that, what that would look like. It's, I don't know either. It wouldn't look, obviously it wouldn't look like Jordan Peterson, right? It, it would be a, it would be a different message um, yeah. and, and delivered differently and that kind of stuff, but um, it wouldn't. Yeah. So I, I don't know what that looks like at all. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I, throw, I yeah. Yeah, I go think, ahead. Sorry. I think you can take clips of Jordan and feed them to women mm -hmm. that, like, you don't have to yell at women the conclusion, like, their mind will lead them to where Jordan Peterson is going. So I think that could, that could be helpful. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't know. It's, I feel like it is a little tricky. Yeah. And some of it, like, and again, some of it I get, right? Some of it I get why we're, we're going, like, very reactionary and kind of going overboard on the, you know, uh, women are, are smart and strong and powerful and all that kind of stuff. Like, uh, yeah, I get it. Like, that, because if you look at, you know, 50, 100 years ago, whatever, like, this was, it was very much the opposite of this, right? And, and even maybe re more recently than, than even that. Okay, I, I get it. Like, that's, that's, that's true. And so I get the reactionary nature of it that you want to, you want to, like, affirm that that's not true. And that wasn't right. And we shouldn't have been doing some of these things and saying some of these things. And that shouldn't have been the cultural attitude. I get it. Um, but that's not to say that, you know, it's not to say that you should um, indulge in uh, kind of childish fantasies about like the angelic nature of one gender um, versus another. And that's what I feel like we're, we're doing. Like, I feel like we're infant, it's weird. I feel like we're infantilizing both genders in different ways. 
we're, we're infantilizing men by not giving them challenges, right? Mm -hmm. And just, you know, telling them to be, you know, essentially Peter Pan. Um, and we're infantilizing women by not telling them the truth. Um, yep. And that's horrible. Like, like, the, treat, like, people need to be treated like adults, both genders do, and that'll look different. Um, but we don't need to pretend that men don't need challenges and women, um, women need to be like patted on the head all the time um, either. And, and just be like, yeah, good girl. Like, you know, you can do anything. It's fine. You're like, are, are you three? I, no, you can't be an astronaut. That's not going to be a thing. So yep. um, anyway, not that women can be astronauts. I'm, I'm talking about three girls. So just give that caveat. Okay. Yeah. This was, this was fun. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. We solved it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah. Um, this this was fun. Um, it's a it's a topic that I think is really important for the church to get right. And I guess I'm frustrated because I don't I don't know. Um, it seems like it, it's something we gloss over, and I don't like I I have a strong antipathy toward glossing over things. So this was helpful. Thank you for for joining me, Shelley, and bringing your bringing your perspective and. Um, Enjoy the South while you're there. <laughs> I'll try. Okay. No. All, All right. right. I'll stop the recording now. <laughs>